Castian Saya and Laris are searching for lost rebels on Yavin 4. However, when the trail leads them to an ancient temple, they'll discover some things are best left lost. Castian is kneeling down, staring at the slayed people, undead, uh, in front of him. He pokes at them with a stick that he's just grabbed, before mumbling, Laris, I think I can confirm it. These people are very dead. Yes, I did not require a manual inspection by you to confirm this, sir. Well, just giving you time to form a hypothesis. This is usually your wheelhouse, you know, biology, chemistry, anything that involves, you know, higher thinking, smart stuff. Um, from what I remember, and I might be wrong, dead things don't get up. Is that correct? She pauses. She blinks at you. She cants her head. She's trying to tell if this is a serious request. It's not a serious request, Laris. I'm making a joke. I'm trying to bring levity to the situation. Dead things don't get up and attack. So do you have any idea what could have caused this? You state dead things do not get up and attack as if that is a statement of fact. However, our current circumstances prove that that is no longer the fact. Okay, is there anything in your... <sighs> Never mind. Okay, so dead things are here, dead things are up, and dead things are moving. Castian stands up and squints looking around before mumbling. It's still a little too quiet around here, but the birds are chirping. Insects are starting to come back around, so I suppose we're not about to be attacked. You know what? This does not change anything. I mean, it changes a lot of things, such as the biological facts of living and death, but it doesn't change the mission, which is to find the rebels that were going to this temple that's not too far away. And you've said that there's no way these could be the rebels, seeing that they are bones and skin and various stages of decomposition. So I say right now, hear me out. We don't really focus on this. We just continue on with the mission, find the rebels, get out of here, and then maybe leave a footnote for the rebels to, to read one day in a report. Agreed. All right. So Castian stands up, pulls out his data pad and looks it over before mumbling. Okay, I, it, the directions are... I think the temple's this way. Just a few more clicks, and the train looks a little easier than what we've been dealing with. Indeed. All right, well, come along. You just stay there, dead things. I don't want to meet you again. And Castian is going to begin trudging towards the direction of this temple. As you noted... The terrain is getting a little bit easier as you continue to walk. The trees are a little farther spaced apart. The ground feels a little more sure and a little more even. The ground is a little bit more even. Could that mean Castian could try to see if he could find any tracks, boot tracks preferably, of anybody who might have walked this way recently? Sure. So Castian, that's going to be a survival check. Great. And the difficulty? So the difficulty on this one is going to be hard. That's three purples. For while the terrain is getting easier, that's a relative descriptor here. I'm also going to throw in one setback die to account for the fact that, as you've noted, this place is strange. There's still a little underlying discomfort and distraction as a part of your brain is trying to figure out what was it that just happened back there with those corpses. Okay. I got one success, but two threats. 
You do find a couple of sets of boot prints, fairly clear ones even. You got lucky here. What's perhaps a little disconcerting is there's two sets of prints on either side of a rough approximation of a path, and between them are two lines, as if someone were being dragged, their feet making marks in the dirt. Hilaris, look at this. It looks like there's there's two sets of footprints. One looks a bit heavier than the other, um, both boots, and they are dragging an individual. Either they're dragging the wounded or they're dragging a prisoner. Castian narrows his eyes before dropping his hand to his lightsaber. You know, whenever we get sent on these little side missions, I, I always wonder, what's the chances of it not getting weird? And honestly... It's never not weird. This is weird. It is an unusual occurrence, I will agree. Keep an eye out. We're almost to the temple. And my two threats? Oh, don't worry about your two threats. Oh dear. So yeah, Castian's not going to worry about his two threats, and he's going to follow the footprints, keeping an eye out for anybody who might be watching them. You don't detect anyone or anything watching you. The rest of your relatively short walk to this temple proceeds without incident. And it is rather sudden that you come across the temple complex. While the trees had been thinning out, still this temple seems to arise from nothing. At one point, you're looking at mist and shadow, and the next step, you are standing in front of a crumbling temple ruin. What a hunk of junk, Castian says as he just stands there looking over the temple ruins. Considering the atmospheric conditions of the planet, the fact that we are in a jungle, which is known for wanting to decompose anything that it gets into contact with, I would actually find this temple to be in rather good condition. Oh, Alaris, I didn't know you had such an interest in archaeology. I'm just saying, if this businesswoman thing doesn't work out, you can always just be one of the galaxy's greatest detectives when it comes to ancient cultures. I think that sounds exciting. I do not believe Dr. Nira Sawbright would appreciate the added competition. <laughs> Castian chuckles before just shaking his head, reminding himself he has to focus. And then he stops and then looks towards Laris, squinting a bit, kind of like she did earlier, trying to see if that was a joke. He's still getting used to whimsical Laris. Do you want to try a perception check? Yes. Difficulty? Average difficulty with a setback die. Laris is inscrutable and difficult to read. Oh no, two failures. But one advantage. She holds your gaze, stony-faced. And then a small twitch at the corner of her mouth. Almost a smile. That was, of course, a joke. <laughs> D did I... Utilize it correctly. I mean, the execution could have used a little work, but I think, no, it, it, you, you're, it's, you're natural, I think. You know, everybody likes a good pun inside of a joke, I've always found, so maybe add a little pun next time. But no, it was, it was good, it was good, it was good. He was mumbling to himself before looking back towards the temple, which is dark and foreboding, reminding him that him and Laris can't be having this amusing scene. The temple is half-collapsed, which makes it difficult to tell how large it may have been once upon a time. The half-collapsed temple has been partially reclaimed by the jungle. There are vines crawling over the exposed stone faces. 
the bricks look like they may have once had some layer of plaster over them, protecting them from the elements and adding a decorative element, but much of that has been stripped away by the encroaching jungle. So leaving just chipped plaster scattered along the ground and crumbling bricks. The entrance, however, is surprisingly intact. And it is where those footprints lead. <sighs> All right, Laris. I think I should go in alone and leave you out here to keep watch. And if there's any trouble, you can be the cavalry. What do you think? I disagree. All right. This is a new dynamic of our relationship, our partnership. But I am willing to listen. It is very possible that you will encounter additional creatures such as those that we faced in the jungle. It would be good for you to have a second set of eyes. So you want to go with me? Yes. Well, you know, two's, two's fine. Yeah, of course. Uh, just keep an eye out. I don't want us to walk into any traps, especially since we have no one who will be coming to save the day because, last I checked, Skidder's not known for his heroics. Agreed. Castian is moving slowly towards the entrance of this temple, his eyes occasionally being drawn towards the stone. And can I add a little detail to the stone? Sure. It doesn't look like any of the stone that Castian has seen. This looks like rock that almost doesn't belong. It's almost a gray where everything else has been brown, tan, and things like that. And Cassian, just for a second or two, tries to consider, like, what's it made out of. But though he mined in several mines as a miner... He's not so much a geologist. You approach stealthfully. No sign of any one other than these footprints leading in. Castine's going to take a second or two, squint inside the entrance. Is there torches or is it just dark? It's extremely dark. Far darker than it should be. It doesn't feel like light penetrates this entrance. Castian almost feels the urge just to grab his lightsaber as if to attack this darkness itself. But he pushes that down just because it's it's juvenile to him. He shakes his head and activates his flashlight. It's one of these types that you can attach to your gauntlet, which he does. As you cross the threshold of the temple, I need an easy discipline check with two setback dice from your two threats earlier. I got three successes, three advantages, and a triumph. Discipline, of course, is my jam. Laris passed with one success and one advantage. Laris doesn't feel anything different walking into this temple. She does not, quote, know that she had to make a roll there. With a triumph, Castian, you immediately know that the darkness is not just physical. That it is a psychic darkness in here. Moving forward, and again, this is with a triumph, you know that if it is this dark at the entrance, going further and deeper in, it's going to be more difficult just to will yourself in. Castian's going to pause, and he's going to lean back towards Laris. Did you feel that? I felt that there was an approximately three degree shift in temperature. Yeah, it's more than that. It's... And Castian lowers his eyes before looking back towards her. It's familiar. It's, uh, 
it's the taste of your first alcoholic beverage. That moment that you know you're about to get addicted to something. It is that rush of adrenaline as the spice pumps through your heart. It's the dark side. This temple feels... Well, it's supposed to feel wrong, but... And Castian shakes his head. There's an excitement about it. It's going to get worse. Are you sure you want to follow me, Laris? As I was unable to detect anything that you are describing, I feel very confident that I will have no problem going deeper. Be careful. And if this becomes too much, I, I do mean it. I do need someone watching the entrance. So just... Castian just shakes his head. Be careful. And he is walking forward, trying to ignore the giddiness that is suddenly creeping up on his nerve endings. It's exciting. It's a taste of something that he keeps on telling himself that he can't have. As you walk deeper into the temple, the path is almost alarmingly straightforward. Every time you come up to a junction where you think that you would have a choice of which way to go, you find that only one way is free. The other way is blocked by fallen rubble. As you sweep your flashlight along the walls, the ravages of time have not pulled apart in here quite as much as it did outside. Here, decorations are still intact. Painted murals on the stonework showing small humanoid creatures, not any race that you are familiar with, rows upon rows of them bowing in supplication before a tall, dark figure seated on a throne. Castian narrows his eyes as, even though it's just a mural and it's just old paintings, he can't help but feel that dark figure staring at him. And instead of cowering, Castian just tries to put on his own glare and stare it down before just shaking his head and speaking. The silence of this place is starting to get to Castian, that little bit of claustrophobia that he always faces creeping in. It looks like these creatures, these spiked creatures, worshipped some dark figure. Laris looks at the drawings. Isn't that not the same as one of the figures that we saw among the undead that attacked us? Uh, the spikes, yes. There were sp spikes on him. You're right. You think that this is a race that was on Yavin? Considering that we have met one of them and the sheer number that are shown in these illustrations, that would be a logical hypothesis. Interesting. Though these are thousands of years old. This temple is thousands of years old. It's, uh... It's interesting. He just shakes his head again and, and continues on the hallway, his eyes glued to the mural. There's something about the mural that just is getting to him. As you stare at this mural, the story seems to come to life in your mind's eye. The story of a dark figure from the heavens arriving on the planet. The native people welcoming that figure and soon being pressed into servitude and sacrifice images of 
youth of children being sacrificed for the exaltation of this dark figure. Parents who are powerless to stop it, but part of them doesn't want to stop it. They are so enthralled. An entire species sublimated by the dark side. By the time Castian gets to the mural, he accidentally bumps into a wall that was in front of him. There's a turn that he needs to make, but he was too busy just captivated by the story, the sacrifice, the subjugation, the capture of the youth, and it's always that dark man, that same perfect shadow on the mural that never seems to have any chips taken away from it. There's no ravishes of time. It's always perfectly dark. And Cassian lets out a breath as he's surprised as he accidentally bumps into the wall in front of him before uh, <clears throat> clearing his throat and says, Laris, are you there? Yes. Sorry, yes. Uh, I think it's, um, and he waves his flashlight around, but I think the only way to go is, is left. Please give me a daunting perception roll. I will give you one boost die because you do have your flashlight. I have one success. Just one success. No threats, no advantages. And it is because of the flashlight that you have any chance to react as your flashlight catches just the strangest shimmer in the dark. Something reflective in this place that has shown nothing shiny, nothing that could reflect. Please roll me Vigilance as we are initiating combat. You are not actually surprised, so you have a chance to act this first round, but give me a roll. I got four successes and four advantages. Four successes and four advantages is very good, Castian. Doesn't outrank a triumph, however. From Laris or from the shimmering? From the shimmering. Okay. As your flashlight catches that shimmer in the air, in the blink of an eye, it coalesces into the faintest form of a large snake's mouth lunging at you, seeking to sink deep fangs into your throat. It has one threat, two successes, which would be eight damage. This is wounds. I am going to soak four of that. As you feel the snake sink its fangs into you, it jerks a little bit. You think it might be trying to pump you full of venom, but it's not able to. Something has gotten stuck, and you're going to have a boost eye on your next action against the snake because of it. Casting is going to use quick draw on his lightsaber and just activate it immediately. That aquamarine glow of his lightsaber just slicing through the darkness before he slices through the snake. And he's going to attack. It does have one defense. I got three successes and two advantages. So that means he does 10 points of damage to this thing, slicing into it. And he is going to also use those two advantages to give Laris a boost on her next check. He's basically jerking his shoulder back and pushing outwards as he slices this thing, hoping that Laris will get a great shot at it. This corridor fills with the smell of melting glass. 
as the lightsaber connects with the crystalline flesh of the snake. It pulls its teeth out from your neck with a hissing roar as Laris pulls out her blaster and readies a shot. Laris rolls, getting two successes and two advantages. Laris's blaster pierces this darkness and hits the side of the snake, dealing two damage after soak. The snake is still very difficult for either of you to focus on, even when you are shining your flashlight directly on it. The light refracts through it, casting beautiful rainbow prisms on the walls, but still making it difficult to nail down how large is this creature. Those fangs that sunk into your throat felt very large, but it's moving with such agility through the confined space that it seems much smaller. You catch an opalescent eye from the crystalline snake, and it focuses directly on you, Castian. Laris might have been the last one to hurt it, but you hurt it more, and you feel some sort of pull from that snake, a dark pull as it lunges for you once again. And since my lightsaber is out, I get one more defense, so I get two. It got three successes, so still enough for it to sink its toothy maw into you again, but it's not enough to actually poison you. I'm actually going to activate parry. When hit by a melee attack while wielding a melee weapon or lightsaber, suffer three strain to reduce the damage by five. Great. Castian is raising his blade, and he's able to kind of deflect it enough. And though it does hit Castian in the shoulder, that deflection is enough to only bruise him for four points of damage, which Castian soaks. Great. And Castian stumbles away, slamming into the wall, and makes a blind slash towards where this thing was last seen. Go ahead. I got four successes and two advantages. And Castian's able to do 11 points of damage to this thing. And what do you want to do with those advantages? I want to make it harder for the snake to attack next. Castian was able to clip its eye to blind it a little bit. As your lightsaber connects with the snake, some of that molten glass sprays across the ground, and it has a luminance to it now, almost like something that would be activated under black light, casting further strange colors throughout this hallway as Laris prepares her own attack again. Laris's shot goes wild as she rolls two failures, but two advantages. So she is also going to add a setback die to this snake's next roll. It's off balance, it is cornered, it has not been able to put itself in an optimal attack position. It is a cornered, scared animal, which makes it more dangerous than ever. As the snake prepares for another attack, I am going to upgrade its roll by one, spending my last dark side point here. And it is still going for you, Castian. Wow. The snake rolled five failures. There was a lot of setback dice against it, even with that upgraded roll. However, it did roll three advantages. And with those three advantages, it's going to gain another point of defense against melee weapons until the end of the next turn. 
So this thing's scared. It's cornered. It's backed up against the wall. Mm-hmm. It's hissing. It's bleeding. Yes. Castian raises his blade and he feels his lips peel back into a very familiar rage that is pulsing through his entire arm. I like that. I need you to give me a discipline check. This one is average difficulty. One success, three advantages. Okay. Castian raises his blade and then there's just a flash of a memory of him being on a planet with the dark woman and him grabbing hold of a snake and it almost eating him and she's saying that you know you shouldn't attack it why would you attack it and castian snaps back to reality and then just holds out a hand towards laris and grabs her shoulder and just starts backing away realizing that the snake is no longer blocking their path there's no need to attack it it's it's a snake Just back up, back up. And Castian is holding his blade out in front of him, ready to strike if this thing decides to attack. But he sees that this thing is, and it's just a creature, but he sees fear. He doesn't know if this thing is sentient, but he knows fear. He knows that attacking this thing would be feeding something that he doesn't want to feed. Not here. And so Castian is going to try to retreat away from this thing. We're going to see if the snake can roll its discipline and leave you alone. Can I use my advantages that I got from my roll to boost its dice? I got three advantages. See no reason why you can't add a boost die to it. Yes. I have a calming effect. I'm very calm. <laughs> yes, that is how I would describe Castian Saya. The snake rolled two advantages. It's not pursuing you immediately. Castian is grabbing hold of Laris's shoulder, and they're running deeper into the temple. Laris also had to make a discipline check as you are running deeper into the temple, and she rolled two successes, but two threats, which may or may not come into play later. Castian runs for a solid minute or so before he finally feels that there's been enough twists and turns and space that he would at least hear if that snake was following So he takes a breath and then he reaches up and touches at his wound on his neck and says, Laris, come closer. Do you see anything that shows that I'm poisoned? And he shines his flashlight on his neck. Upon immediate look, no. I feel okay. I think it wasn't able to inject me if it has any venom. Leaving it alive seems to be imprudent. After all, we will need to exit this temple going back that way. I didn't leave it alive for it. Left it alive for me. It's been a long time since this temple has seen an act of mercy. I don't know if that means anything in the galaxy, but at least to me it means something. But man, if it bites me again, I'm stabbing it. Oh, and Castian is pressing his hand against the wound and then just kind of reaching down for his medical bag and just doing a quick, you know, putting a bandage on it. He's not taking the time to heal it, just he's making sure he doesn't continue bleeding. Until the encounter with the snake, this temple had been unnaturally quiet. Even your footsteps on the stone hadn't echoed the way you would expect something to. Where you are now, there's still that blanket of quiet. Your voice sounds muffled as you are speaking with Laris. 
but now you are able to hear something. It's fairly distant, but you're hearing the sound of stone scraping on stone. Castian is going to share a puzzled look with Laris, making sure that she hears it too. Indeed. It seems to have a rhythmic pattern to it. I do not believe that is a naturally occurring sound. Agreed. And Castian is going to not turn off his flashlight, but he's going to dim it to its lowest setting. And they're going to approach as quietly as they can the sound of that stone. As you walk deeper, ever deeper into this temple, trying to get closer to this sound, you finally reach an intersection of hallways where you have a choice of which way to go. As you stand there for a moment, debating, you hear to your left the continued rhythmic scraping of the rocks. To the right, you hear the sound of combat, but not blaster fire. The unmistakable clash of lightsabers. Castian's eyes widen, and he looks towards Laris to make sure she hears it too. Laris is looking in the direction of the stone scraping. What is that? Castian mumbles as he goes right. He goes towards the sound of lightsabers, and he assumes Laris is following, because why wouldn't she be interested in the idea of there's other lightsabers here? And Castian is going to move, he thinks, at a very reasonable, safe pace, but... In truth, it's a little bit more clumsy and a little bit faster than he should be going. He charges his lightsaber, not activated, but in his hand and ready to go, just in case if this is like Tremaine or, or another Inquisitor or the Ninth Sister or somebody, maybe. He feels excited, that giddiness getting to him again. The sound of the lightsabers, it's louder and louder. You're there. You're almost there. Any moment now, you're going to stumble across fervid combat. And then you run into an empty room. And silence. Castian spins around, his eyes going from excited to confused. And then he activates his own blade, as if to show that he has a ticket to this party. There's no reaction. So there's nothing in this room. Castian looks around, seeing if there's any sign of anything. Do you brighten your flashlight? Yes. As the illumination from your flashlight increases, the room is strangely short. The floor is sand. And it seems like the room has been filling with sand for a very long time. This once was a much larger chamber, but the floor has risen over the centuries. And just sticking out of the sandy floor, you see completely rusted and abraded by the sand, two lightsaber hilts. Castian carefully moves across the sand before kneeling down and gingerly plucking up the lightsabers. And he looks at them and cants his head to the side, confused, but almost like he has an answer of what he just heard, but he doesn't want to accept it. From far down the hallway, strangely muted, you hear Laris's voice. Castian? Castian! 
Laris, I'm fine. Just, I found a room. I'll be back. I'm fine. And Castian looks over the instruments for a second before kind of realizing that he's only seen a couple of blades. Like, he, he's seen newer blades that people have tried to create, newer Force users had tried to create during his time as an Inquisitor. He's seen Inquisitor blades. He's seen ancient Jedi blades from when he's met the Dark Woman and other Jedi, Kida. These look like, and truthfully feel like, Jedi blades. At least a Castian. And the idea of putting them back in the sand feels wrong. So instead, he's opening them up quickly. Sometimes even just breaking them, because they're just that rusted. And he's trying to get to the crystal. The crystal that all blades have. A kyber crystal. As you open the hilts, breaking through the years and years of rust, the hilts disintegrate in your hands. There's nothing inside of them. Were they ever even there at all? Make a discipline roll. This is going to be hard. I got three threats, but one success. You're shaken, Castian. There's not only this dark pull to this place that you have sensed from the very moment you approached, but now it's making you doubt your senses. Because after all, those were absolutely ancient, corroded weapons. This could have just disintegrated from your rough handling. But you're not confident in that. So the next time you have to make a discipline check, the difficulty will be increased by one. Castian pulls himself out of the sand, shakes himself off, and then turns, quickly moving back towards the hallway he came lumbering out of, almost a little embarrassed. And he's looking for Laris. 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 You find Laris a couple of meters from the entrance to the chamber that you are in. She has just stopped in her tracks, standing still. Sir, I am unsure what is happening. What do you mean? I wished to follow you. I wished to accompany you. And yet, I find that I cannot go any further in the direction of this, this chamber that you were investigating. Do we need to continue that direction? No, no. This room is... We can ignore this room. It's just a grave. I think that is for the best. Castian knows that he's afraid and he's starting to doubt his own senses, but he also realizes that fear is something that Laris has dealt with, but this is the first time that she f is feeling terror, almost. And Castian reaches out and grabs her shoulder. I know this is not the, the right time to say this, but... Um, I really don't like Skitter. I, I I, still question why you decided to give him that spider droid body. It's just, I mean, there is a lot of options. Have you ever considered some sort of, like, nice protocol droid? I mean, it, it has a protocol head. Why wouldn't you want to use a protocol droid? The additional legs give him additional stability when we are in rough terrain or if there is turbulence on the ship. Oh, Laris, it's freaky. It's scary. I don't like it. And Castian's trying to distract her a little bit, keeping his voice down as they're walking slowly back down the hallway, trying to get her focused on something that's familiar, which is Castian's whining. 
and she seems to come back to herself with every step away from that chamber. And Castian gets to that intersection that had occurred, and then he drops his voice and says, All right, let's investigate the sound of rocks. And if we don't see them, if we don't see anything else, if this is just some, I don't know, naturally occurring beat, there's no sense getting lost in this damn temple fighting snakes on account of a, a pat on the back from rebels. Okay? Yes, yes, agreed. Agreed. And Castian is going to move once again towards the sound of scraping rocks. The sound of the rocks grows louder with every step, and the incline of the hallway also grows steeper as you are definitely stepping deeper and deeper beneath the surface of the temple. The walls here are no longer decorated. They've become pure black. And it's difficult to tell whether that is a decoration in and of itself, some sort of pigment or paint that was applied, if it's a change in the type of stone that was used to build this place, or perhaps some sort of mold or other darker, more sinister growth. And then much like the temple itself, appearing apparently out of nowhere when you were walking through the jungle, a pinprick of light appears ahead of you. You didn't take a turn in this tunnel. It's just one step, you were walking into pitch blackness, and in the next step, you are walking towards the light. Castian turns off his flashlight completely, and they're approaching this pinprick of light, which hopefully gets bigger. Yes, because while there is a very distant light at the end of this tunnel, with your flashlight off, it is as dark and as silent as a grave in this hallway. I need another discipline check. For you, Castian, this is a formidable test. This includes the additional difficulty that you gained from your last roll. So that's five purple dice. Laris only has to deal with it at daunting. I got no successes and one triumph. The corridor is cold. It is dark. It is completely silent. You cannot hear your breathing or your footsteps. All you can hear is the scraping sound. Scrape, pound, scrape, pound, scrape, pound. It is enough to drive the most well-adjusted person to insanity, and you Castian are not the most well-adjusted person. But you keep walking. Laris does not. Laris freezes in her tracks. And it takes you a moment to realize that she's not walking behind you because you can't hear anything. But when you do realize it and look back to her, her face is frozen in terror. Her eyes are seeing something that you can't see. Whether that means it's not there is another question. Castian is moving back to Laris and gently placing a hand on her shoulder. It's all right. You realize that Laris's mouth is moving. You can't quite hear what she might be saying. Castian is staring at Laris for 
a second or two before he takes hold of her shoulder and he's going to help her sit down on the ground. And he's going to activate his flashlight so it's bright. And then he's going to pull out his data pad and quickly tap away at it before finally finding what he was looking for. Did you know that my mother was a, a scientist? She uh, studied ugh, slime, <laughs> underwater slime or slugs, wrote a paper on it. What you might not know is when she was bored, she would write poetry. Terrible poetry. Some of it is about me. Or what she thought I would become. It was all completely wrong. I did not become good and just. I fell more than any of her lyrics could have predicted. But I want you to read this. I want you to focus on my mother's writing. No one has ever seen this but me. This is her journals and... I need you to focus on this poetry. Just read it and focus on it. And when you are ready, I want you to make your way back out of this temple. I will be fine. As my mother's writing says, I have the bravery of a neutron star. And it will take me very far. I know it's, it's not very good, but can you do that for me, Laris? Please. She gives the barest of nods. I need to see if those are the people we are looking for. And if it's not, I'm coming right back and we're just leaving. But you just stay here and, and keep guard. Is that okay? She nods. Castian leans forward and gives her a kiss on the forehead. And then just stands up, leaving his data pad with her. And then he is moving towards that light. A new kind of resolve burning through him now. He's no longer excited about this darkness and terror and fear. He doesn't quite feel anger. It's more of a righteousness that this shouldn't still be around, that whatever darkness that was visited upon this planet and hurt the natives, his friend, should not still be around. And damn it, there's no longer the Jedi to stop this, but you know what there is? There's a Castian. There's a man with a lightsaber and a drive to maybe want to do right. And yes, he might falter. But damn it, as his mother's terrible poetry says, he will go far. At least far enough to investigate this grinding stone. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fandible Solo Shot, Star Wars Force and Destiny podcast. You can now find all episodes on the Fandible Solo Shot podcast feed on iTunes and all other podcasting platforms. Please subscribe and leave us a review to help new listeners find us for their Star Wars actual play fix. You can also find us on Twitter at Solo Shot Podcast. And if you enjoy the stories we tell here and on the rest of the Fandible Podcast Network, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash fandible. Thanks again, and may the Force be with you always. A long time ago, in a galaxy far away, a group of outcasts found each other in the Outer Rim. A failed Jedi, 
Well, we don't have to run out right now and beat people up. We can take a half hour for you. A captain without a ship. I suggest you let your Deveronian friend do the talking and you continue to stare at your stump. And a medic with a mysterious past. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, I might have been half wrong. We might die. Together, they hope to find adventure and a little bit of redemption. Oh, that's sweet. They want us tinker buddies. The Redemption Podcast is a long-running actual play podcast set around the time of the Clone Wars, played using the Star Wars RPG system by Fantasy Flight Games and Lucas Books. Check out the show at www.redemptionpodcast.com, a proud member of the Don't Split the Podcast network of shows.